Scrap Metal Interview. Hey, a big what's up and what's going on to all our fellow metalheads out there, our fellow rockers. Welcome to this episode of That Metal Interview right here on J-Rock's Metal Zone. Our very own Adrian, A.D. Ibarra, had the pleasure of interviewing a very special guest and tremendous talent in our rock world. I'm pretty sure you guys know who this guy is. This guy who needs no introduction was a guitarist for the then unsigned Rat. Guitarist for the band Hawk, a member of Motown recording artist Cagney and the Dirty Rats, a lead vocalist briefly for the band King Cobra, and the lead vocalist of the band Marquis Touch. In the book Off the Rails by Rudy Sarzo, Sarzo tells a story about Torian's audition for the Ozzy Osbourne band after the death of Randy Rhodes as the group's guitarist. This is the guy we are talking about today and that we are interviewing. And with no further ado, here is the one and only Mark Torian of the Bullet Boys. Take it away, AD. Mark, it's A.D. Ibarra from uh, J-Rock's Metal Zone in Eagle Pass. How are you doing? Good. How are you, my brother? What's cracking? Man, it's just a pleasure. It's an honor and a distinct pleasure to make your acquaintance, even if it's over the phone, Mark. I'm telling you right now. Oh, you are so rad. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I got a battery of questions. I know your, your manager was limiting us on time, but, dude, we're going to kick it off, man. I promise, man. We're just going to chat. <laughs> Okay, brother. Um, you know, um, you know. I started. I, you know, I consider myself a contemporary. Uh, we had a band in '86, uh, and we were thinking of doing the same thing you did, going to LA and and getting off the damn bus like Axl Rose did in the damn video, and <laughs> and just just you know just. Just giving it a whirl, you know. Uh, we, right, right, you know, right. I um, uh, I saw Paul Stanley in 1978. Uh, I was in junior high, and and he kneeled right in front of me with that damn mirror guitar that he has, that the broken mirror guitar, and and he played the he played the introduction for Black Diamond, bro, and I, it was all over for me, bro. I said I gotta do this. Oh, that's so rad. You know, and uh, so I sang my first tune uh, in front of people at 13. When did you realize that, that you wanted to do this? Um, well, I, I didn't I didn't really um, choose to do it. I think it just found me. I, I come from a very musical family. And uh, we, uh, my family, has been in music. My father was a legend. I'm losing you, Mark. I'm losing you. I can I can barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Any better? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that better? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's a little better. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, so yeah, my whole family. Um, a, I come from a family musician, and uh, it's something that uh, that I found that too. Uh, I've been doing it since I was about seven years old behind a microphone. Oh wow. So, uh, so yeah, it's not. Uh, I was born and raised here in Los Angeles and LA, California. So um, 
accepting that actually that basically that I didn't choose, just basically something that I fell into and I decided to uh, to pursue in, in my life. Yeah, it was meant to be. And, uh, you know, when, uh, you, you had met so many people before, before Bullet Boy started, uh, you know, uh, you know, who, 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 came, who came up with the name? Well, the name was derived uh, actually from uh, a place where we used to rehearse uh, when we started the band in Carson, California. And we had a bunch of names that we had come up with. And uh, a buddy of mine, uh, actually my, uh, Lonnie Vincent, the original bass player, his brother, uh, would come into our the garage where we first started rehearsing in Mother's house. Then we lived in a real volatile area where gang uh, violence was going around, going on all the time. Every other night we were shooting at each other. So Mike would go in the, in the garage sometimes and he would come back out and he'd have bullets in his hand. Like literally bullets that were being shot and people shooting at each other through the, through the alleyways of uh, the Stab and Carson. So uh, one day a friend of ours came in and he says, hey man, you have all these names, why don't you guys just call yourself the Bullet Boy? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's such an idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's an awesome name, Mark, I swear, man. I'm like, that's genius, you know? <laughs> and, 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 like, and like I said, man, I mean, uh, God, I, I, I can't believe it. I would have been... To what I I'm sorry? That's pretty close to what I remember. So yeah, no, no, but 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 I can't believe how many people you met before you started the band. Oh yeah, I've um, uh, before the Bullet Boys. There's, yeah, there's uh, there were many many musical endeavors and many many blessings uh, uh, that uh, that I was around some amazing artists. Um, uh, amazing companies. So yeah, there was a lot yeah, of I, I definitely, I definitely want to touch on that. Yeah, but before that, uh, you have a real extensive catalog. Um, you know, I want to touch on the first record. You got "Hard as a Rock." You got uh, "Hell on My Heels." You got "Crank Me Up." How important is it to have songs? that motivate the audience. I mean, we used to have songs called La La Nigga Rock and Roll, and we had another song called Warning that says, going out to see your favorite band. You know, it's, I mean, how important is it to have songs that motivate the fans? I think it's of all important. Uh, I think you have to be able to move people with your music, uh, wherever that direction is. Uh, but usually we like to move people in uplifting fashion. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, that this, these songs, uh, our first record, of course, is a classic record. That these songs have stood the test of the test of time in rock and roll is uh, is pretty amazing. And it's uh, another blessing that uh, that people still you know love the songs, we love the songs, we love playing them live. So um, you know, it, it's just something that. Uh, Everybody um, gets something from a musical piece or a song and spins it their own way. So I, there's a lot of times where I don't like to say, okay, this song is about this. You know, I like people to be able to uh, come up with their own um, feelings of what that song means to them. I can totally relate and uh, I mean how many times have you been sitting in your room and have an epiphany and just come up with a riff and say okay that's it you know 
No, absolutely. And still, still right now, that's how, that's how I continue writing. You know, you're, you're inspired by something that you see or that you feel or that you hear and uh, inspires you to write, uh, inspires you to get, you know, get going and start writing uh, different things. Music first, lyrics first. Um, it varies. Um, it really does. It, it really depends on the type of mood. I, I write a lot of poetry. Um, I write um, um, a lot of just, uh, just writing for life, uh, short stories. Um, so it, it all depends. Sometimes I'll, I'll be writing to take things that I hear um, in, in conversation or hearing something in the street or someone that mentions something in, in an obscure way. I'll remember that and kind of write it down and put my own spin to it. But um, yeah, musically, it, all, it, it, musically it happens like that too. Sometimes I won't have any lyrics and there'll be a riff or a song that I'm writing and I'm going like, okay, well, what, what is this going to be? What am I going to do on this one? But lyrically or melody-wise, it all depends. For the love of money, that's like, a, it's a cover. So yeah. so were you were you giving a nod to... to, to to David Lee Roth and the guys from Van Halen that used to play covers before? <laughs> no, actually, we were giving the nod to uh, to the OJs, uh, which uh, one of my favorite, uh, the band's favorite uh, R&B group of all time. Uh, and also giving a nod uh, myself to my kind of Motown when I was signed with Motown. Uh, I'm basically an R&B singer in a rock and roll and heavy metal from the old band. So I have a lot of uh, love for R&B music, and uh, uh, that's I feel that's my going to uh, as far as vocally concerned. Uh, I'm able to uh, I I have a lot of just a love for Motown and R&B music, so uh, that we were able to um, come up with that version uh, of changing the song around a little bit to to make it more of like uh, make it our own thing um, was just rat you know in a sense at the time when no one really was trying to do stuff like that you know that was it's an amazing tune uh, i can't wait you know for y'all to, to play it uh, you, you must be playing uh, uh guitar as well right yes i've been playing guitar as well for almost 10 years no but you're gonna you're gonna play guitar when we see you here Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I, I think I will be. I think I do it all the time. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, brother, do you speak Spanish? Yes, I do speak Spanish. I, I understand Spanish really well. I speak hablo poquito, pero yo no muy bien. Pues le estaba diciendo a mi amigo que tienes una trayectoria impresionante, dude. Cálmala. You know so many people, and, and, and I'm talking to, yeah, that Motown connection come on come on now there's nobody in metal that has a connection with oh, yeah you. man i'm gonna have to agree with you my brother it's Shoot. true i swear to god bro that's so crazy i don't get any love for it either no love dude so thank you for giving me some love that's just amazing it's amazing so so i gotta ask you about about the la scene you, you you say that you're not really a part of the la scene but you were there and i dude we would have killed to be there <laughs> you know so so you have you have ties to rat and 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 carmine apathy and and all these guys yes absolutely well you know um 
one of the first first major bands out of I, I would say that I wouldn't be I would put it more that I was a part of and definitely uh, a part of the LA music scene uh, I wouldn't say that my band Bullet Boys was particularly a part of the glam music scene okay uh, we, we're not we always get that um, um Put on us as, as yeah, yeah. You glam. get lumped in there. And, you get lumped in. Yeah, there. and we we were not a glam band. We never had that. Uh, you know, we didn't wear uh, glam bands that wear their hair up and hairspray and don't disrespect any of those bands that we had. Um, but I'm um, just we were never that. We were straight and then rock and roll band. <laughs> with R and B and punk rock influences. I'm gonna I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some more love. I consider you. Like a Kingdom Come or a Stone Fury or a TNT, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, those people that those people that you're talking about right now, I think they killed our music and allowed the grunge movement to come in. Well, yes, I believe that if we're going from one place to the other, but let me just reiterate first on, on the first thing. Um, we were very, very fortunate and, and uh, to do what we, we did. Uh, I was in the LA music scene for many, many years before the Bullet Boys put together many different projects. Uh, and myself and Lonnie Vincent, who, um, you know, were best friends. We started this band together and we had a vision of it uh, with Mick Sueda uh, when we met him in, in Cobra. So we worked very diligently, we worked extremely diligent, just we were very consistent. We were extremely diligent in our approach to writing, uh, to working on a live show, and knowing that there was just immense competition here in Los Angeles when we were filming up, that we had to do at a certain level. Yeah, so, you- uh, we, we were, uh, uh, we, we, put, we put it out into the universe, we were dreamers, but we were also very hard workers. Um, and at that time, it, um, to be real honest with you, it wasn't the easiest thing to do, um, especially <laughs> the fact that me and Lonnie, you know, we worked so hard and uh, for all intents and purposes, we were always trying to get into parties where people really didn't let us come into. We were always trying to hang with certain people that people really didn't really believe, I guess, in our, our musicologies. Uh, but we kind of, that made us kind of have put chips on our shoulders to even work harder to show these people what we did have musically. And um, one of the things that we didn't have musically was that uh, myself as the as a, as a singer, that um, that no one's really heard that style of singing people. Uh, it, 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 I put my different flavors on rock and roll uh, with the fact that I, I have these um, heartfelt feelings and my heart into R&B and funk music. So, I think it really uh, set us apart in, in, in a different aspect and not like the TNTs or these other bands that they and the disrespect to them, but we had a band uh, who had more of a groove. Um, we were, we also called ourselves a blues rock band because we were playing stuff like, you know, we never had a, um, a, a ballad per se. Our, our ballad was Hang on St. Christopher. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was slow, sexy groove more than uh, trying to uh, write this ballad that everybody else is. So there again, in the Bullet Boys, you know, we were very street band, continue to be very street band. Um, 
And, you know, we want like these other bands that were coming out. We, we were just uh, coming from a different place. Um, so, so you had you had that Motown influence. Uh, you know, I I actually listened to a lot of uh, the '50s, like the Platters and um, you know uh, you know uh, Frankie Valli and Dion and the Belmonts. And, oh, I love Frankie Valli. Dude, I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, back then, Mark, you, you there was no technology, brother. You would stand on a corner, and if you had a melody, you'd have a hit. Yeah, you just have to work with it, man. You have to craft it, you know. One of the things that's really lucky, um, and I still think pretty much very blessed that um, uh, that I was and still part of the Motown family, um, and I was very blessed to be signed uh, to Motown through a, through a production company called Pocket Rock And the two gentlemen who were the curators of uh, Pocket Rock were Benny Medina and Terry Ashby Gordon Jr. Um, I signed the record that uh, in a band called Tagging the Baby Rats, and that's uh, that that is that's genius too. <laughs> I, uh, I was able to work with uh, just completely humble singers too, and still um, the great uh, uh, Smokey Robinson. Oh man! On the record, Junior um, Walker, the amazing legendary saxophone player, played on every song that you could think of on Motown, played on this record. Uh, the actual camp with Uncle Uncle Melvin sang, you know, the background music on all these wow. records. So to be able to meet these people, these amazing legends, when you're when you're a young kid coming out of Montebello, Carson area, Florence area, and to be able to be around these amazing heroes musically uh, still stays with me today. Um, it's part of my history and part of my roots, and I was very, 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 very privileged to be a Motown, art, Motown artist. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was, the other day I was watching, um, they have this wonderful um, documentary on Showtime about Motown uh, with Smokey and Barry Gordy. And it was, it was completely mind-blowing to me that they had Neil Young in this documentary. <laughs> and Neil Young... Neil Young? <laughs> Neil Young was signed to Motown, and I never knew that. Wow. Uh, and, and played in the band with Rick James. Oh, wow. I like, <laughs> yeah, I was like... There's Neil Young, which I hail and just love with all my heart. Oh, and yeah. here he's talking about him being a Motown artist. And, and me and my girl are sitting there, and she looks at me and she goes, I bet you didn't know that. And I was like, no, I didn't. I, I didn't at all. And you know what, babe? Me too. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And so I was just like, wow. So... If I ever get the unbelievable privilege of meeting Mr. Young, I can actually walk up to him and say, I am part of the Motown family, actually, too, in, in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so, it's, it's, it's... But I, I mean, stuff like that just, just blows my mind sometimes, brother, and just like, wow, that's, you know... And I still, I still so shout out to both Gary and Danny for... Um, I have all the love of my heart still for them um, for signing me and taking a chance with me. <clears throat> I was able to go up to Barry Gordy's house and just welcome into his home and he chatted uh, with me about a lot of You things. gotta be uh, kidding me, Mark. Really? Uh, yes, bro. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he had, he had llamas 
and all kinds of animals in his backyard. I mean, this guy, these, <laughs> these guys, the things that I got to see when I was young were just, were just magical and unbelievable. Wow, dude. Well, no, then, uh, you're, 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 uh, I can tell you a little, a little quick story, because I never get to tell the story, but you know, I do like to tell you stories so I can get them out there and let people know. Um, I have to give a shout out to Kennedy Gordy, who uh, had a band called Rockwell. He came out with somebody's watching me with my Yeah, band. somebody's watching me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Kennedy is a really good friend of mine, and I love him so, so hard and so do. And he actually brought me in as a guitar player to play that song with him on Soul Train. Oh, that's awesome. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> your Mark Torian came out on Soul Train, baby? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, hell yeah. <gasps> really privileged to, uh, to work with Al the Borch. I toured with him for many years, but uh, that's a great story because Kennedy would call me and, you know, he'd tell me about the song that he was writing, and he was still rather loving to death. He's, he's, he's such a cool dude. And one day he called me and said, you got to come over here. And I was like, what? What's going on? He was Michael Jackson's going to be singing on my song. I said, get out of here. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I never going down there, and it actually at Hitsville, which was right off of Santa Monica Boulevard, there was a Motown had a studio that, uh, that everybody was in court at. Uh, then. I don't know if it's there anymore, but I remember being in a, in a car and listening to the song and looking at him and going, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I thought this is going to be huge. And he's just there in the car right next to me. It's a beautiful car. He goes, what do you think? I go, it's going to be gigantic. He goes, and you're going to be playing guitar in my band. I said, come out of the way. Awesome. And, and, and what, what part did Michael sing? Michael sang the part. Just have a few Somebody's watching me. Oh, man, dude. So he got, I don't know how it happened, and I never found out, but the song was already done, and I don't know how Michael heard it, but Michael heard it, and he liked it, and he wanted to sing the, the hook line. No so that's, the history of that, it became a huge hit for Kennedy, and he, that's another guy who worked really hard, was constantly always writing, you know, trying to come up with something that was... You know, just a hit. That's catchy. Yeah. That's catchy. Okay. Yeah, uh, there you go. So every time I hear that song, you know, I'm like, it takes me back to that time. Um, that you were driving and, around and the song, car? Yeah, but, yeah, we're sitting there in the parking lot playing the song, and I'm going never forget that because it was, it was exhilarating because you were looking at your friends and you're thinking, this song is going to be such a huge hit and it's going to change your life. I mean, and just things like that that motivated me into the future of being around things when they were being uh, created to become a hit. Yeah. You know. And, and obviously, it influenced you. And, and your manager is going to get upset with me if I don't ask you about uh, "From Out of the Skies." Yes. Talk to us. You know, I mean, uh, what what's your what's your favorite song? What, what are we going to be hearing here? Oh, I I. I am so, um, I'm still stoked about the Mars Disguise. We looked very, very hard on that record. Um, we were very diligent about doing something that was uh, taking it is. 
And I believe that we really came up with something that was very fantastic and magical. Um, and uh, I, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of songs on there that are my favorites. Um, uh, I can't really choose one. I would say um, I would say one that really pulls at my heartstrings uh, would probably be uh, Switchblade Butterfly. Okay. Um, I think that's a song that's really honest and uh, it's very stripped down, um, and it kind of pays homage to my grandmother. Uh, who loves bluegrass and country played in country music. Um, okay. So I try to write something that would be close to this to her. Um, and when I initially wrote the song, um, we played it uh, a benefit for the children that lost their lives with Sandy Hook um, a couple of years back. And uh, I pinned that song for uh, the feeling of what I was feeling at the time. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I'm sorry. It's a horrible tragedy that we have to come and play for this benefit, and I want to feel like something for these beautiful angels um, that should still be here on, on this planet that lost their lives in, in a horrible, awful, um, violent tragedy that should have never happened. So uh, this is hopefully me getting back in some way to... Uh, uh, to create some type of love and, and, and understanding and some healing out there. So uh, that's a song that um, really kind of, it, it, uh, it's not kind of, but it, it, it really pulls at my heartstrings. It totally, yeah, um, it totally, it, it totally hits, hits close. On, on the record. And, and um, uh, how de- evil, or is it devil? Uh, it's called deep evil. Okay. Yeah, I love the evil. Are you kidding me? That's, that's that, awesome. That, that, that thing. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I love that song because um, uh, it was written a, a bit ago, but I was able to bring a very close friend of mine who I admire and think is a hero to me and Rock, and uh, I consider him family, which is the great Jesse Hughes from the Eagles of Death Metal, oh. uh, who, came, who came and sang with me on that song. He did an amazing job, um, and uh, it was really an amazing experience. What band, what band is he from? Uh, Jesse Hughes? Yeah. Uh, it's from the, the Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, yeah, dude, I've heard about that band. They killed it. Yeah, man, they got a bunch of... They got a bunch of uh, of uh you know hits on youtube when when they played uh you know they play basically all the eagles hits oh listen the eagles of death level is my favorite band they are amazing human beings and lovely uh people that i love extremely from my heart uh they brought me into the family i was able to do some recording with jesse and um i work with him on the super Troopers too um soundtrack that he did uh, I've done a lot of work with him in the studio, and he's just the best. I just love him to death, and uh, he's just a hero to me. He's um, been through something, uh, been through a terrorist attack and generated a lot of time years ago, and he's one of the only artists that I've ever known that has been through something like that. <laughs> and I have a lot of empathy and love for him. Uh, I consider him a family, not just a friend. So. Uh, I was done exactly no matter what, and uh, he had our back on this one and came in and sang and sounds just completely, completely magical. We had a wonderful time. 
and I hope to do some collaborating with them in the future. Oh man, that's 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 awesome. Okay, now 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 you're gonna have to please me. I mean, you got you got you got you got references about Keel, um, you know, and I know Keel because. Because uh, they used to be Steeler and, and, and Ingve was in their band, right? You, you know Ron Keel? Yes, I do. And then, and then uh, Dangerous, <laughs> Dangerous Toys and Watchtower from Texas, bro. Yes. Yes. I love, I love the Dangerous Toys. They rule. <laughs> and then the best one that I heard, bro, I was like, oh, this guy, he got me. Greg Jeffria, baby. I loved Angel. Oh, I love Greg Jeffria. Greg Jeffria was my mentor who basically brought me into the business in Hollywood, to be honest with you. I give him full credit. Uh, he kind of discovered me and took me under his wing and Angel was the first big, huge rock and roll band that was great to be around. God, those guys killed it. I love that band so much. And they have the best logo in, in the history of the world. Frankie, Barry, uh, uh, Punky, Greg, uh, those guys were just... Punky like, Mendoza, I mean, Punky Meadows and uh, Frankie, 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 huh? Frankie Domino. Frankie Domino. Frank Domino. Domino, great voice, dude. And Gary Brandt, one of the greatest. Oh, Gary Brandt, Gary Brandt, yeah. Yeah, man, that, that was my guy, dude. Gary Brandt is just still to me. I, I his drumming uh, is impeccable. One of the one of the first drummers I was around to be schooled the way drums should really be played. And Gary was so much fun to hang around and. He, those guys were just always very, very moving to me, and that was like, that was like the, my first uh, baptism of fire, being rock and roll and being around those guys and stuff. That's got to be the most underrated band in the history of the world, and and, and oh, yeah. they were on, they were on Casablanca. Yes, Casablanca. And, and uh, talk to me about Great White, and and, and you had a great story about Molly Crew. Oh man, well there's uh, language global. Well, great wife. Uh, I love Jack Russell. That's my brother. Um, he and I go way back as kids. I used to see him uh, play at the whiskey back when I was really, really young, and, and he was on top of the world and uh, always doing something. But I love Jack. I have a very special place in my heart for him. Uh, he's an amazing musician and has been through a lot in his life, but continues to fight through. And it sounds incredible. We just got finished doing. Um, uh, a big wide nation tour with him and we did both like the direct support and we just had a blast uh, with, with with Jack. He's just such a sweetheart man. And and then and then Motley Crew wanted to pick a fight with you? I'm sorry? Motley Crew wanted to pick a fight with you? What did Vince Neil say? Get the hell out of here, go <laughs> Go back to where you came from? <laughs> oh, when, when, when I when I first when I first yeah, when I first met Vince, absolutely. God, yep. those guys, it's because it was a dog-eat-dog -dog world back there, Mark. I swear to God, dude, they would take off everybody else's posters and put their posters. Well, listen, people, people will say what they're going to say, but the truth is, and, and I know people, I'm going to get, I'm gonna, people will say a lot of things. It wasn't very friendly for Latino kind of people. <laughs> let's put it, let's put it that way. <laughs> Let me just put it that way, okay? Um... 
<laughs> it just wasn't, man. It, it's uh, it was a different when I came up the ranks. It was just different, man. Um, thank God it is uh, has changed a lot as we speak. But uh, I still think I'm one of the few. And it's funny because uh, you know Vince, uh, who I who I just love with all my heart. I love Vince. Uh, Vince Wharton is Vince's last name. Uh, he's part Chicano. También. Who is? So, Vince, Vince Neal. Vince Neal is part Chicano? Yes, bro. A ver, a ver, a ver, a ver, a ver, ¿cómo? <laughs> a ver, explain. <laughs> he is, mom. Yeah, he sure is. His mom or what? I, I have no, I don't know what side of the family, but he definitely is. He's That's cool. Qué bueno, yeah. qué, qué bueno que raza. <laughs> oh, what are but no, I love, I love, uh, I love Vince, dude. He's, uh, uh, we became very, very close friends. I have mad respect for Vince. I love him with all my heart. Um, he was always, always, never was a rock star to me. He was always kind, always from, like, always a homeboy attitude. Always was very uh, loving and very, uh, always really cool to me. All, all the guys in my life. Uh, I still... I get a chance to speak with Tommy. We text each other every once in a while. I love Tommy. Shout out to Tommy with all my heart. Uh, I, I, just, I just think I just think Nikki's the damn damnest damn coolest rocker ever. Nikki is amazing. I love Nikki. He's, he's just leader six. Is the man. Uh, Nick Mars. I love with all my heart. I just I, I can't even say I'd love to just sit here and talk about Nick the whole time because he's just an amazing guitarist. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Dude, he doesn't yeah. get he doesn't get the credit he deserves, bro. He bien cabrón, Mark. That guy can play, dude. Well, real quick, real quick, I got to throw out a shout to me. One of these got a new record coming out next year, and uh, I can't wait to hear it. The Methods of Mayhem are back, and he's put together a new joint that's supposed to be. Uh, what I said, it's going to be so rad and out of control, and I can't wait to hear it. So, cool to him, I love you, Tommy. Can't wait to hear it. Awesome. And then, and then, what was on your demo that that Ted Templeman picked up? I'm sorry. What was on your on your first demo? What songs? Uh, oh, demos from on the first record. Uh huh. The, the 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 before the first record. Uh, there was um. We have like four songs, I believe, four or five songs. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, I, I don't exactly can't remember exactly what we're on there, but definitely the Rock ranked me up as on there, you know. Okay. So I think. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I mean, dude, you have nine nine albums, bro. I mean, to remember all the all the songs. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you through that. <laughs> But you know what? But you know what? That's a hell of a producer to have for your first record. The best, Mr. Ted Templeman. Yeah, he. We, uh, we learned so much from him. You know, we were very blessed to have somebody like that with that much knowledge to, to come in and and uh, really let us just do our thing in the studio. You know, just let us do and be us, which is uh, why we achieved and did what we did. You know. Okay, now now fun question. What what what's on uh, on Mark Torian's? Uh, we we don't have any Walkmans anymore on your iPod. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's on my Spotify account or on my phone right now? There you go, there you go, I, dude. I'm out of the technology thing, man. Uh, whatever. I always say what's on your iPod because I don't even know if people have iPods anymore. <laughs> 
Well, I can tell you that definitely, I, I can definitely say this on that. Right now, it's uh, Arctic Monkeys, Queens of the Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, a new band that I kind of discovered, which is not a new band, it's a band called uh, Truck Fighters. It's, it's just the music so rad. Uh, Mojave Lord. Um, what else have I been listening to lately? Um, I've been listening to a lot of the Hives lately. I love the Hives. Shout out to them, they put the cool. Uh, a lot of old school stuff. Uh, been listening to a little Black Flag, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, I've been listening to Marvin Gaye. I've been listening to uh, uh, people. Uh, gosh, man, what else have I been listening to? Been listening to a lot of Dre, I think, and Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I heard, I heard Snoop today. I heard Snoop today on, on Colin Cowherd. He ripped everybody uh, about the Lakers and the Clippers. I love Snoop, bro. That's my guy. That guy's... You can do no wrong, do no wrong with me. I love Snoop. Shout out to Snoop. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay, and, and, and uh, no, I gotta no, do... I gotta... Hold on, hold on. Hold on, one more thing. I can't leave without shouting out big time Uncle Snoop because I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because I love Snoop Dogg. I love what he does in our community. I love what he does for the children in our community and how he is always constantly giving back. I have a real quick story. I live next to um, his, uh, Uncle Snoop's favorite uncle for now, for now, when I was living in Bernardi Hills years ago. <coughs> and for now, I was invited over to his house to come and have some barbecue. And for now, made the best barbecue ever. Okay? Oh, wow. But I never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a little connection with there, and I, I, I know people think I'm nuts and crazy, but please, please, Snoop, if you need anybody to sing on any of joint, holler at a man. Holler at me. Oh, man. I'm there. What would you need me for? Because <laughs> I heard someone singing on one of the joints here tonight, and I'm not going to say who it is, because I don't want to throw no shade on fools. But please, <laughs> please, please let me work with you. Please. Dude, he, he, he came up. He came up with a damn uh, jingle for Colin Cowherd, like like on the fly, yeah, dude. I know he's brilliant, bro. Just brilliant, an amazing musician, an amazing dude. And, and, I love him. And he know, and, and he's been, he's 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 coached a lot of good kids in football, man. Oh man, that was a rad track. Did you see him throwing it down last night? Uh, who? Into, uh, uh, Snoop was on the halftime performance last night. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, it was rad. Yeah, because he knows uh, he knows Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, with shout uh, to uh, DJ Green Lantern was on there too, so it's been pretty rad. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to YouTube that, brother. Oh yeah, and and just before 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 yesterday we 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 cut it off, man. I just can't wait to meet you, bro. I mean, I can't uh, wait. I, I got to give you a big hug and lots of love. Thank you for having me on your show. And thank you for just and, being a real, bro. And I'm, a, and, and I'm a great writer, bro. So use me and abuse me, baby. If I can help you in any way. All right, bro. Eagle Pass. We're gonna give you some love, man. I can't wait to see you guys. Uh, just make do me do me a favor. Sure. I mean, besides taking a picture of me for my uh, my wall of fame, make sure that it's loud. Make, make sure it's loud. <laughs> make sure that the music is loud. <laughs> oh, bro, that's how we roll, man. Loud and proud. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Mark, a pleasure to to meet you, bro. I, I just can't wait to, to to see you guys and and just let us have it. Let us have it. 
absolutely, man. We'll see you very, very soon, my brother. And thank you for having me. Yeah. God bless you. Everybody take care out there. Igualmente, brother. A.D. Ibarra, don't forget. I got you, bro. All right, take Mark. care, man. That was our interview with Mark Torian of Bullet Boys. We thank Mark for making time and thanks to Adrian A.D. Ivarra. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Pinterest, Flickr, Twitch, Periscope, Tumblr, Snapchat. And log on to jrocksmetalzone.com. And don't forget to support and pick up a copy of Bullet Boy's latest release from Out of the Skies. Download, stream, and support. We'll see you guys next time on That Metal Interview. And keep it metal. That middle interview.